0: Remember that we used to start school every morning with the Pledge of Allegiance, and then we would have a Bible reading, and then we would uh, pray the Lord's Prayer. And you could always tell the kids that uh, uh, you know went to church and didn't go to church, couldn't you? Because they would, you know, some of the uh, names they would give the the different titles in the Word of the Lord, different books of the Bible. And I remember uh, uh, in third grade of this guy getting up and reading out of the book of Job. The book of Job. Well, it's not the book of Job. It is the book of Job. And it's chapter number 1 and verse number 1 this morning. The Bible says, there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was blameless and upright and one who feared God and shunned evil. The title of my message this morning is, when what happens to everybody else happens to you. When what happens to everybody else happens to you. Father, thank you for the word of the Lord today. Father, it is indeed a lamp unto our feet. It is a light unto our path. Father, for those that may be going through difficulty today, I just pray that you will help them today by your spirit, Father. Lord, help us through the word of the Lord, Lord, to be refreshed, to be blessed, to be encouraged, to be ministered to. Father, for the glory of God, we ask in the name of Jesus, all of God's people said, praise the Lord. Amen. You may be reseated this morning. I've had to walk through some things in the past 12 months that I have never had to walk through before. Oh, I, I have walked through them uh, hundreds if not thousands of times with other people. Others. You know, we expect difficulty to happen to others, don't we? We, we expect disappointment. We expect a di- dismal circumstances to happen to everybody else. But, but what about when what happens to everybody else happens to you? The truth is, this morning, what happens to everybody else will one day happen to you. Are you encouraged now? On September 2nd of last year, one of my heroes died one of my mentors in my early days of ministry. An uncle, a pastor that I thought was invincible and indestructible, and yet I had to say goodbye to him forever in this life. On May the 31st of this year, I had to I had to bury my own sister. What was worse than that was to have to watch my mom and my dad bury their only daughter. Oh, I've been there a hundred times or more for other people. Oh, I have prayed with them. I I have cried with them. I have spoke at the memorial. I I have walked them through it many, many, many times. And yet all of a sudden, what happens to everybody else has happened to me. This past Sunday, I told you about the birth of my granddaughter, Eliana. Eliana. I told you how excited we were about her because, because our daughter had had been married for 10 years and she never even ever, hardly ever spoke about having a baby. We weren't sure that she was going to give us a grandchild. When our daughter and son-in-law announced to us at Christmas time that, that she was pregnant, there wasn't a dry eye in our living room. The last few weeks of her pregnancy, she had some complications. I told about it last Sunday. I'll tell you about it today, and I promise I won't talk about it for a while. But she had some complications. Her blood pressure was extremely high. Finally, they put her in the hospital. Finally, they started her labor. She was progressing fairly well. She was dilated to a seven. And then she got into trouble. The nurse checked her, she had preeclampsia. And then the placenta detached itself and began coming before the baby. It was a bad deal. Blood was going everywhere. The nurse called for an emergency C-section. Stat she yelled. Slamming doors and people running around like crazy and and, and we didn't know if our daughter, didn't know if our granddaughter, didn't know if either one of them would make it or not. Later, the doctor told us that it could have gone either way. And I will tell you, there are absolutely no words to describe the emotion that we experienced. Our daughter's nurse asked her the next day, said, how is your daddy And Krista said, I think he's okay. And the nurse said to my daughter, he was an absolute mess yesterday. I was worried about him. Hey, I'm no rookie to to emergencies. I've seen just about everything that there is to see. I've walked through life or death situations many, 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 many times with other people. But all of a sudden, what happens to everybody else was now happening to me. What do you do when, when what happens to everybody else happens to you? Let me give you five suggestions this morning. The first thing you simply need to do is recognize the reality. Recognize the reality. Friend, like it or not, believe it or not, what happens to everybody else will one day happen to you. Sickness, sorrow, setback. How many understand this morning that bad things happen to good people? I'm not trying to be negative this morning. I have some very positive things to say today. But the truth remains. We need to recognize the reality that that no one is exempt from problems. Look back in the book of Job again, chapter 1 and verse 1. A man in the land of Uz, whose name was Job, the man was blameless, upright, feared God, and shunned evil. Wow. Verse 6. There was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan... From where do you come? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. And then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. Satan answered the Lord and he said, "Eh." Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, and around all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. The devil said, but listen, stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not lay a hand on his person. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 12 says, Beloved, who do you think that Peter is talking to when he addresses them as beloved? No doubt he is talking to the saints, right? He is talking to the people of God. And he says, Beloved, our people of God, Oh, don't think it strange, don't think it unusual, don't think it out of the ordinary concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange or out of the ordinary thing has happened to you. We need to realize the reality, or recognize the reality today. And the reality is, what happens to everybody else will one day happen to us. I'm 56 years old. I I lived for 56 years without losing a hero or a sibling. That is, until a few months ago. My kids are 35 and and 31. I've never had a close call with either one of their lives. That is, until just a few days ago. Oh, maybe you have never been fired. Maybe you have never had a spouse to walk out on you. Maybe you've never had to file bankruptcy. Maybe you've never had to endure the rebellion of a child. And my prayer is that you will never, ever have to walk through any of these things. And yet the reality is this morning, whether it is one of these that I have mentioned or something else, your faith will be tried one way or the other. Job was the best there was at the time. God said so. God said to the devil, Have you noticed my servant Job there? There is no one like him in all of our land. He's the best of the bunch, man. I mean, and he was he was sailing along great. Family, friends, finances. And yet one day Job, oh, he awoke and he discovered that that, that what he had always seen happen to everybody else was now happening to him. Now, if you know me very well at all, you know that I am not a negative person. I am very upbeat and positive nearly all of the time. I'm not trying to be negative today. But the fact remains that difficulty and hard times will knock on every single door at one time or the other. And I want you to be prepared for it when it does. Well, pastor, what do we do when what happens to everybody else happens to us? First thing you've got to do is recognize the reality. The second thing you need to do is you need to reject the devil's lie. Reject the devil's lie. Look over in the second chapter of the book of Job, verse 9 and 10. Job's wife said to him, Do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. But Job said to his wife, You speak as one of the foolish women. Shall we indeed accept good from God and shall we not accept adversity? And in all of this, Job did not sin with his lips. We all know the story of Job. Job went from having everything to having nothing. He had more than anybody else and then all of a sudden he had absolutely nothing. He went from experiencing the highest of highs to the lowest of lows. Can you even imagine the lies that the devil must have told Job? And Satan used the lies. And he spoke the lies through the lips of Job's own family and friends. Oh yes, my friend, just as God uses people to do his work through, so does Satan. I've never seen the devil, but what he was in somebody's slacks or dressed in somebody's skirt. The devil uses people just like God does. No doubt Satan said to Job, God must really be mad at you, boy. Oh, allowing you to go through all of this. Oh, you must have really ticked God off. Oh, you must really have some really, really bad sin in your life, man. Surely the devil said to Job, God doesn't love you anymore. If he did, he'd do something about what's going on. Hey, hey, Job, I'm sure the devil said it doesn't pay to serve God. What has God done for you lately, man? Do you think Satan might have had any lies to tell Job when he is going through his trouble? Do you think that Satan has changed any? Do you think that he might lie to us when we are going through our trouble as well? Oh, uh, things will always be like this," he says. Oh, uh, uh, things will never get any better for you. It's the best it's ever gonna be. Uh, oh, he says things like, "There's no use to pray. God's not listening anyway." Uh, amen. God doesn't care about you. And these are only a few of the lies that Satan tells. What do you do when, when what has happened to everybody else, all of a sudden it is happening to you? Reject the devil's lie. Say to the devil, liar, liar, pants on fire. i got to do something to keep you awake. Pastor, what else should we do? Rely on God and His people. Rely on God and His people. Psalm 18, verse 1 through 3. Psalm 18, verse 1 through 3. David says, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust. My shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Friend, when all hell breaks loose in our lives, we need to cry out to God for help. David said here, God is my rock. That speaks of stability. Oh, David said, God is my strength. How oh, When I am weak, but through God I am strong. Paul said it this way in Philippians 4 and 13. He said, I can handle all things. Bring it on, devil. I can handle all things, not on my own, but through Christ who gives me the strength. But not only do we need to rely on God, we also need to rely on God's people. I told you last Sunday that when this life or death situation happened with our daughter and granddaughter, I told you last week that I didn't use any faith formulas with God. I didn't command or demand anything from God or the devil. I didn't bind or loose. All I did was cry out to God. All I did was beg God to help my daughter and granddaughter. All I did was cry and say, Please God, please God, don't take my daughter. Please God, don't take my granddaughter. Please, I pleaded with God, Please spare my daughter. Please spare my granddaughter. I told you that, but what I did not tell you was, There was a a waiting room filled With God's people, who no doubt were doing all those things. I looked down the hall and I saw one lady. And there wasn't nobody there pointing at, but I saw that finger. I guarantee you there was a lot of commanding and demanding. I I guarantee you every faith formula that ever came out of Tulsa was used that day. I guarantee you there was a whole lot of binding and loosing. Oh, it wasn't being done by me. I couldn't do anything. That's my baby in there. Oh, that's my daughter. That's my granddaughter. All I can do is plead. All I can do is cry. All I can do is beg. But there was a room full of people. Amen. I guarantee you they were doing everything they knew. And using every trick in the book that they knew amen to help us in that time you see sometimes we have to rely on God's people to pray for us because see it's much easier to have faith for somebody else than it is for us to have faith for our own situation Oh, when what happens to everybody else starts happening to you, rely on God, but not only on God. Rely upon His people. Cry out to God with your whole heart. Lay it all out before Him, but get some help in your corner too. Get some of God's people involved. Oh, ask people that know how to pray. Ask people that know how to intercede. Oh, get some people that have some faith. Amen. Get some people that know how to do battle in prayer and let them do for you what you're unable to do for yourself. I don't know who it was that touched God and moved God's hand toward my daughter and my granddaughter. I don't know who it was. I don't know if it was me. I don't know if it was my wife. I don't know if it was Sean, my son-in-law. I don't know if it was somebody in the waiting room that touched God. I don't know if it was somebody halfway around the world that was praying. Who cares? Somebody. Touch God. Somebody moved God's heart. Maybe. Maybe it was one of the prayers that I had already prayed. See, I didn't wait till I got in trouble to pray. Because I pray for me and my family almost every single day. And when we found out Krista was pregnant, then that baby was added to Paul Paul's prayer list every single day, and every almost every single day for the last nine months. Amen. I prayed a hedge of protection around the womb of my daughter, a hedge of protection around my baby granddaughter that was coming every single day. Nearly, I pleaded the blood of Jesus over Christa's womb and over the baby. That womb. Maybe it was one of those prayers. I don't care whose prayer it was. Somebody touch God. All I know is to God be the glory, great things He has done. What do you do when what happened to everybody else is now happening to you? The fourth thing you need to do is you need to respect God's decisions. Respect God's decisions, Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9. God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, and your ways are not my ways, says the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, that's how much higher all my ways are than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Hear me this morning, church. Amen. You don't have to understand God's decisions. You don't have to understand God's decisions. And, and, And how can you? How can a person with a peanut brain like mine? No amens, please. How can a person with a peanut brain like mine understand the ways of a God who has unlimited knowledge and unlimited understanding? Not only do you not have to understand God's decisions, you don't even have to agree with God's decisions. You see, I don't always agree with God. I'm not a yes man. And I don't always agree with God. I don't always agree with what God does. I don't even always agree with what he says in his words sometimes. I read it and I'm saying, what? What? God, I don't see it like that. Oh, you're so holy. you either lying out there or you don't ever read this book. Because there's some pretty hard stuff in this book. Some hard stuff to understand and fathom and wonder why God did what he did. I'm just willing to own up to it. You don't have to always understand God's ways. And you don't always have to agree with God. Amen? You don't. I don't always understand. I don't always agree. But I respect God for it. I respect Him for it. Because you see, I understand that I, I don't have all the facts. He does. Sometimes people criticize me. They don't have all the facts. I can't tell you the facts. If I told you the facts, I would be betrayed of confidence. So I've got to make a decision sometime or do something. You don't understand it. You know what? If you had all the facts, you'd understand it. I don't have the experience that God has. When my son was my youth pastor. There were times when he because he was my son, not just my youth pastor, but he'd disagree with me and he'd say, I don't know why you're doing that. I don't know why you let so-and-so say that or do that. I don't know why, man, if I was you, I'd call him in here and I'd be in And then he became the pastor. And his first act as pastor was apologizing to his father. <laughs> I didn't understand, Dad. I didn't understand. I didn't understand about the load you carried. I didn't understand the complexity. complexity. I didn't understand. And I'm sorry. It's all right, son. I knew you. You know, you're just a kid, first of all. And nobody understands until they get there. How, how in the world do I think I'm going to understand God? I'm not God. I don't have His wisdom, I don't have His knowledge, I don't have His experience. But I've come to realize that He is God and He's got a pretty good track record. Uh, Oh, and I've learned from walking with Him all these years that He can be trusted. Uh, Oh, Job said in chapter 13 and verse 15, he said, hey, he said, even if God slays me, yet he said I'm going to trust Him. What do you do when what happens to everybody else, all of a sudden it's happening to you? Let me suggest one last thing this morning. Rehearse God's faithfulness. Rehearse God's faithfulness. Job chapter 42 and verse 10 of the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Second Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 4. Oh, who comforts us in all of our tribulation that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the, with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Yes, I've walked through the loss of a child and the near loss of a child many, many, many times with other people. But let me tell you, friend, there is no doubt in my mind that through the experience of the near loss of my own daughter and my own granddaughter a few days ago, I will now better understand and now will be better equipped to minister to people in the future that have to walk down the same path I had to walk down. Friend, when you get through what you're going through, assure those going through their difficulty. That the same God that was with you in your trouble will be with them in theirs. If I could have Pastor Braden, please. Rehearse God's faithfulness. Let me ask you this morning, what are you going through? What are you going through today? Has what happens to everybody else, has it suddenly happened to you? I'll never forget a few weeks ago, maybe a couple of months ago now, when Harold and Ruth Reichard started heading south. Ruth had been heading that way for a while, but in the last couple of months ago, they really both kind of started heading down. And Harold told me, he said, Pastor, I've seen this a hundred times other people he said now it's our turn when what always happens to everybody else is now happening to you what are you going to do well you need to recognize the reality Oh, you're being negative. No, I'm not. I'm just, I'm just telling you the truth. Reject the lie of the devil. He'll have many, many, many lies. Rely on God and His people. Cry out to God with all of your heart. But oh, share it with us. Share it with us, your church family, so we can help carry your burden whatever the outcome is respect God's decision you don't have to like it you don't have to understand it you don't have to agree with it but you do have to trust him and respect him and once you get through Whatever it is you're going through, then rehearse God's faithfulness. Tell those that are going through similar circumstances about how God sustained you when you were going through yours. Father, thank you for the Word of the Lord. Would you stand with me in His presence this morning? Father, I thank you for the Word